stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with our BS. This is episode number 117 and I am JDK Winnegan. And I am Tawny Santabria. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today as we dissect yet another limiting story. I think we've talked about this one before, but we're going to hit it again. And this BS story goes something like, I'm too old for this or I'm too old for that or something else. But before we get there, if you have found anything that um, is helpful um, in any of our episodes, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. You don't want to miss out on um, some helpful tools or tips or stories that you might want to let go of. So with that, JD, what do you think about our topic today? Oh, you know, I think of those throwaway lines in movies where somebody says, I'm getting too old for this blank. Mm-hmm. Right. Just something like that. Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind is I think, I don't know, Danny Glover or somebody said that in a movie or Samuel L. Jackson or somebody. That's the first thing. But but also, I think more broadly than that, what comes to mind is um, that can be a real, real judgment of oneself. I'm too old for maybe these sets of feelings. Um, maybe I, I should have outgrown these. Right. Um, or something like that. There's a lot of shooting that goes on in there. And I think shoulds for me are always a flag to look at. There's a should flying around. I'm always wondering what that expectation is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just another story that's limiting. All these stories that we talk about are limiting. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah. But yeah. this one, this one limiting for whatever reason, Oh, I'm too old to do something new or I'm, I'm too old to be going doing something like that or, you know, those yeah. things. Where do you think that I'm too old story even came from? You know, that's a really, that's a really good question. I think there's, these days, there's so much that gets reinforced by just what we see, like social media, for example, right? Just hearkening back to, if you remember this, and it's like a, like a a tape deck, like a cassette tape deck. If you remember this, um, how's your lower back pain doing? I've seen that one, you know, or if you remember what this is, you're officially old. Right. And it's meant, I think, usually to be humorous. Right. And kind of unify people around sort of think, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or all oh, looking back at the, the good old days or whatever. Um, I think that gets reinforced. Where that began, though, this idea I'm too old. That's a good question, because, you know, not all that long ago, you know, for example, multiple generations lived in the same household. And there was a really important role for older people in a, in a household still. Right. Even if they weren't out working, even if they weren't out, you know, doing a lot of different things, they had a role. And so being too old for something, maybe for something younger, like work, like some sort of work, but not for having a role. And I think that's what there's something that's shifted there. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I think that there's probably a lot of different parts to this because we've been on the planet for a while. But, um, the, you know, one of the things I I. um think about is like a lot of people actually accomplish things the older they are. Like we need time to accomplish things. And I think this idea that we're supposed to meet our life goal in our twenties or our thirties isn't even reasonable or realistic. Mm -hmm. So, so we're still, we potentially could still be moving towards our finest, largest achievements 
mm-hmm. into our 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. And we hear these stories about people accomplishing pretty amazing things. Yes. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if part of it is is this idea or this belief system about how we're supposed to accomplish, you know, mm-hmm. our purpose right out of college. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And there there is that because then there's the you add to that and having taught in colleges for a number of years, this idea that there's got to be a return on that investment pretty quickly. Right. For whoever's paying for that college, whether it's mom and dad, whether it's themselves, like I got to prove that I did all this right. Um, What I find so interesting about that is that talk about starting out in in kind of a stressful scarcity mindset. I got to nail this down right now. Otherwise, everything else ahead of me is not going to be as good or anything like that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure at a young age when we're still really not even fully developed, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. in most ways and certainly not experienced the way we become as life goes on. Certainly. I can appreciate the the pressure and the stress. I think um, there's a, I had read a, a research study not too long ago. I think that there's several of them out there, but about a third of the students in college currently are on some kind of anxiety medication. Yeah. So those are just the people who are actually on the med- medication prescribed to them. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention all the people who might be um, doing other things to uh, self-medicate. Uh, mm-hmm. around their anxiety. So anytime we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our communities and the collective to accomplish things at an unreasonable young age, like your purpose at in your 20s, um, <laughs> it does set us up. So there is that, that collective story, at least here in the United States, probably other places too, um, of of that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then the part of like, this this idea that there's a certain age group, or once you you're, you're past a certain age, your vitality is not as strong anymore. Um, right. Whether and and this could be sort of personalized in terms of like whatever we prescribe, like or or think to ourselves, like maybe I think you know over forty because I'm in my twenties. I'm not in my twenties, but when if if pretend I was in my twenties and I would be like, oh my gosh, forty, just like you're yeah. just plummeting down the other side of the hill, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to your forties, you're like, um, no, I these are the best years ever. I'm feeling uh-huh. really great, but uh, I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to do when I'm sixty. Right. Right. And then you get to your 60s, you're like, I'm doing pretty good, actually. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, so yeah, there's there's the larger story out there that when when does vitality leave leave the building? Right. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that feeds that I'm too old story, too. Oh, it does. It does. You know, or the, um, you know, the vitality, the um, the sustainability of something, the attractiveness. I hear it with clients about dating in their fit. Oh, I'm starting to feel too old to date. It's like, really? When did, when did, when did that happen? <laughs> you know, when did, where is that? We're all supposed to stop at a certain point. I know for me, when I turned 40, I had the same thing that you just said. I was like, I feel pretty good for, f-. everybody talks about 40. And then, then same thing happened at 50 recently, just a handful of months ago, I turned 50 and I, so far I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it a lot and I'm, I like where I'm at. And so I think there's, there's those things. I sometimes wonder if it can be used as a way to kind of push away difficult feelings like, well, I'm too old for that. I'm, you know, that's past. I can kind of reduce expectations or I can reduce, you know, my, 
my difficult feelings around these things. Like I might want to date. I might be lonely. I might want to have a relationship. But I'm a little too old because it's tough. You know, I wonder about that sometimes too, that it can be a, a limiting statement because putting ourselves out there for something or, you know, testing out that vitality or testing out that curiosity, doing something new, learning something new might be intimidating. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that could probably happen at any age in sense in the sense sure. of being intimidating. I know that, sure. I've, you know, talked with folks in their 20s who were sort of like, all my friends are getting married. Like I'm, I'm behind everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the behind. I'm behind no, story. No, you're not. Like, like maybe I'm just going to be an old spinster, right? Like, so I, yeah, I think that 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 insecurity around relationships can come up at yeah. any age, to, and then we'll just use whatever our current circumstances are. Um, so if that is, I'm over fifty, I'll use that. If it is that all my friends are getting married, I'll use that. If yeah, it is, sure. <laughs> yeah. all right. my friends are having kids, having babies. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Oh, that. That story, I'm behind. Mm -hmm. I'm behind where I should. That's a really powerful one. I might well, have to save that one. That's, well, it's the same thing as what we're talking about, actually, in terms of overpressurizing ourselves at a young age, mm. right? That that idea that we're supposed to hit and be hit these marks and experience particular experiences in a linear fashion um, sets us up for, yeah, then, then okay, there's an ending point. There's, there's a point at which then we have already accomplished all of the things. So we might as well just roll ourselves down the other side of the hill. Right. right. And so I think cool. all of that feeds. Yeah. All of that feeds that too old story. Um, so it, it's just, it, it's a funny thing. And I think that if we, as the older folks, um, I and I make a lot of jokes about myself being too old. I just think it's funny. Mm. I just think, um, I, that's kind of a, a, a part of myself where I, I allow myself to sort of just have fun with it, whether I really believe it um, is I just, I, I don't really believe it. I just, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I, I just think it's, it's comical because of all the things we've already talked about. Right. Right. Um, I didn't do things in a linear fashion, although I did do some things in a linear fashion, but they just ended up sort of sort of occurring, right? And yeah. so at this point in time, I do think that there is something about seasons in our life. So I do I do mm -hmm. think that, you know, as we become older and wiser, and maybe our body says, hmm, slow down a tad bit, because you need more sleep. Um, you don't need to eat so much junk food, because now I can't really process it anymore. <laughs> so oh, our yeah. body is talking to us yeah. differently when we're a little bit For older. Sure. And, mm -hmm. um, and so noticing all of those pieces and, and I think that's where I like to have fun with it. Um, but there's this, there's this almost like a permission to slow down also. Mm -hmm. Um, we can still be slow and accomplish a whole lot of things and have a whole lot of fun, but we right. no longer have to maybe pressurize ourselves so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a possibility for more of a liberating stance on that, right? When, with some of those things. Um, for me, I know you talk about food. I'm starting to appreciate that. Um, there's a few things that I'm not able to do anymore <laughs> that I used to. And, but the nice thing about that though, is that alongside being okay with that, listening to my body and all that, I'm discovering other stuff, right? Newer things I like to eat, newer, healthier things I like to eat, uh, that I feel better doing. Uh, Discovering, you know, more and more for me, better sleep, 
and how much I enjoy that, how much it, it helps me and how much keeping track of it helps me. That's all new stuff for me, relatively new in the big scheme of things. And I think there, there is a lot to that. And I think that's the, the ability to laugh at some of those things too. Like you said, um, you know, I, I wrote a, you know, I started writing a novel in my forties, you know, and I finished it in my forties and I'm pitching it in my fifties. And someday when that's out, that's going to feel really good. And I can say, you know what? I did that in my forties <laughs> after never thinking I would ever do it in my thirties. Right. I had a different career, different path, different vision for life, different habits, different practices. And for me now, this is more enjoyable. Well, you need time to accomplish things. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all need right. this time. And right. and it's it's fun to imagine because I remember what I thought of fifty plus, what fifty plus was going to be like when I mm. was, you know, back in the day when I was in my teens, right? Like fifty. Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, that was going to burn. Right. So, <laughs> um, and so here we are, here I am. And I just think it's hysterical to look back and we think we know these things about, you know, mm-hmm. about life and, and mm-hmm. how things are going to be. And we think we um, are supposed to know these things about how these, you know, life is going to be. And then we get there and we get to kind of laugh at, ourselves. We get to kind of like look back and go, wow, was I (laughs) sort of, where did I get this story even? Like what was being Mm -hmm. fed to me about, Mm -hmm. you know, this, um, that Mm -hmm. I just believed. Um, and, and how would I not? Because that's the story that was being told. I hadn't yet experienced it. Right. So there's something to be said for really having and moving through an experience before we actually know what something is as opposed to just being told about it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember from a very young age, um, the parties when my parents would have 40th birthday parties and everything would be black, like black balloons, black streamers over the hill, this kind of stuff. And I recognize that adults can, you know, talk about these things jokingly and laugh and there's an appreciation. Certainly there was an appreciation among my parents and their friends that, you're still living life. You're celebrating life. You're having a little bit of fun. But I remember as a kid going, oh man, we're identifying 40 as this big, big shift. And I remember feeling that pressure. Like by the time I get to 40, I want to make sure I have these things in line. I should be, Mm -hmm. have all these things. And I remember in my teens, well, my twenties in particular, feeling very behind and therefore very stressed, right? About it. Like I'm doing something wrong or I got to hurry up. I got to speed up. And some of those things played out and not, I didn't always make the best choices with that for things with that. But I think you're right. Experiencing it now, um, there's so much more to enjoy in the experience of something, seeing what it's like now. I'm delighted that at 50, it doesn't match what I always thought. I always heard it would. It doesn't. I was one of those people that would tell people, oh, I don't think I'll make it to 50. I really did though. I just wanted to sound cool. You know, but, you know, but, but, uh, you know, I used to tell people that and I find myself now at 50 being really glad 50 years is something I'm excited about (laughs) that's, and there's a lot of joy to that. So for me, it's, it's, uh, this is a story that doesn't jump up all that much, at least for me, um, because I'm enjoying doing lots of new things and enjoying 50 on its own terms for me. In that mm-hmm. sense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you see it come up? You said you you hear it quite a bit um, from others. Where do you? How do you see it? Uh, besides well, the had, dating, besides the dating you mentioned. Yeah, um, I've heard people talk about it, and oh, I'm too old to be worrying about these things anymore, or I'm too old to have uh, money problems. I heard that one recently. I should have figured all this out earlier, right? Or I should have planned better. You know, and in several cases, I was like, well, you had some unexpected things happen in life, you know, that, that caused, you know, that had financial components to it. Not sure you could have prepared for those, you know, unless you were clairvoyant and could read the future. Um, so things like that, you know, um, I'm, I'm too old to be getting, I'm too old to be the sentimental. I heard that recently, you know, someone crying in a movie, a friend of mine crying in a movie and just kind of saying, ah, oh, too old to be this sentimental to care about these things. You know, I <laughs> just, just, you, you know, do, you know, dogs, when they hear that weird sound and they kind of cock their heads, I feel like I do that a lot. Sometimes when I hear that, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and that's a story, right? And there's so many that can line up behind that, but that's where I've heard it most recently. Mm. So each person has their own idea of what mm-hmm. old means or getting older, mm-hmm. what, what, what they should be like as an older Mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I also heard somebody recently talk about, um, I'm too old to be having concerns about how I'm going to take care of myself later in life. I should have had these things figured out already. You know, um, this was somebody in their sixties, you know, um, not quite sure on retirement yet. Not quite sure where they're going to live, you know, with that, not sure what role their family will have in any of that. Um, I'm too old to still be putting this together. Um, uh, you know, just things like that. I've also heard too young, right? <laughs> Recently, I'm too young to be going through this, right? To be facing this. Um, you know, I've, I had, unfortunately, recently had some, some friends receive some really bad health news that has them, you know, talking in, having conversations that they didn't anticipate having in their forties and in their fifties, they thought maybe in their seventies or their eighties, they would have these. And so I've heard too young as well. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's all about what we believe we, you know, that, that future thinking sort of that, Mm -hmm. like the way in which my life, like we all wrote our life book at age 18, the way in which my life is supposed to work out. Right. <laughs> and so in my twenties, I will be here in my thirties, I'll be mm-hmm. here in forties and fifties and six. Right. Um, and, and rarely do we leave in the parts of the struggles. We, we just yeah. pretend like there's no struggles and mm-hmm. these will be sort of how, how these steps go. So we don't anticipate, Oh, I might get derailed though. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some hard times. Oh, right. So yeah. that, that's part of the difficulty in planning out, but we, we do, and we don't write it out like I'm suggesting, but, um, we do sort <laughs> of have this story in our head about how the ways things in what ways our life is supposed to move through. And so then when it doesn't happen in the way that we anticipate it, then we're sort of like, you know, caught off guard or like, well, that's not fair. That's Mm -hmm. not right. This isn't how it's supposed to go. And, and, and sure, Mm -hmm. but life goes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, and, and in there too, there's kind of this, my life is going to go a certain way. And I think we kind of, we kind of say and give lip service generally to, well, there's going to be hard times, but you persevere. And if you, if you work hard, if you put your nose to the grindstone, if you follow these steps, usually steps that we've learned growing up, right. Or, you know, do these things, you'll get through it and they will be, you know, it'll be okay on the other end. Uh, but that's a real non-specific way of <laughs> framing things. And you're right. It, there's, there isn't necessarily, when at least we're putting that book together, a lot of conversation about, well, what about the unexpected? Or what about, and if the unexpected is going to happen and you can't expect it, what does that suggest about what we should be holding true to as whatever our values are, right? The things that matter. Right? We talk about values a lot on this program. I think this is one of those areas, right? Well, okay, what kind of what kind of values do you want to be living by, right? And what things do you want to be putting forward in your life as most important rather than the benchmarks of what it should look like? Have a house by such and such a time. Be married by such and such a time. Have kids, have grandkids. Retirement plan, second house, <laughs> right? Dream vacation, whatever. Instead of those type of markers that are arbitrary, what about the day in, day out ones about how we live? But the day in, day out ones about how we live are not outcome focused. And we love mm -hmm. a good outcome focused goal and plan. That's exactly what I was getting at. And you nailed it in one line as opposed to one paragraph. So, so that's part of the trouble, right? Is we got to get out from underneath the outcome focused mm. piece and, and really be looking closer at the process, closer at how do mm. we make our values actionable in our life from an, an early age, from so that we start to know ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we certainly take in what a lot of what everybody else tells us about ourselves, particularly at a younger age, <laughs> you know, um, but we don't necessarily, I know for a fact, I never received any sort of education on that either in school or in church or just in general mm -hmm. about those types of things. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything was kind of a litmus test of, of outcome-based or behavior-based, like outward signs of behavior-based. Right, right, which 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 would fit into outcome because you're either not doing yep. the thing right in the way that you're supposed to do it and you know mm -hmm. get to that outcome, or you are doing it right. And so then you are recognized and, and praised for, do, for doing it right. So e e e the behavior is definitely attached to yeah. the outcome. Yeah, yeah, and then when I, even though I did a bunch of things right, then a bunch of things that I thought were going to happen because of that didn't. And oh, was I angry and mm -hmm. rebellious mm -hmm. and um, a lot of things. And, you know, didn't have a whole lot of guidance on where to go with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like most of us, we didn't, we don't yep. get it in school. We didn't really get it in, in the family. Generally, we don't necessarily get it at, at our community programs or churches or other um, sorts of learning environments. We get, how to be successful around outcomes, what you need to yeah. do to achieve. Um, and, and then we're set off on, on the path for that. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, rudderless and then shocked and, and, and surprised and don't know where to go when things are happening or not happening in ways mm -hmm. that we didn't anticipate or, or different than what we're supposed to be or, or should be doing. Yeah. Rudderless is a really good word um, because then it's being blown around on the tides, right? No way to steer. Um, yeah, that's really good. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, we're, t- it's, and so it's interesting, you know, because pretty much at any point and no matter where we are in our life journey, how old we are, what our responsibilities are, that whole question about process versus outcome, we can take a look at right now. We can examine right now and see um, which one, which ones of those really are dominating things. And what effect does that have? Because right? if I was going to be all outcome focused on where I was quote unquote supposed to be at 50, <laughs> I don't have any of those things. <laughs> you know, I, if that, that's how it would be. And yet, that's not how I feel about it. You know, it's important. The process itself, how to be as opposed to the do, right? Maybe another way to say it, right? Mm-hmm. How are we as beings rather than doings? And, and though, if you're making the beings actionable, then mm. you are into the doings. Right. Right. So there is that part too. I think a lot of people are like, how do I just be? I got to do too. Right. Like, so we mm-hmm. put our values into action in our life. And that's different than just like immediate gratification. That's or true. that's different than just pressurizing ourselves to achieve this thing because if we achieve this thing, then we're going to be recognized as somebody who has some wisdom, even though we don't even really know that we like this thing. We're just sort of playing a role. <laughs> right. That happens yeah. a lot. It does. Oh, the playing the role thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really important um, important element to highlight, I think, is putting those into action. Yeah, so it's not one or the other, right? A doing towards an outcome or just being with no outcome. Right. Like the, the being and the doing is about the process. Whatever outcome mm-hmm. happens, happens. Correct. Whatever happens, happens. Like I can't control that, but like that. I can put a value courage into action in my life today, wherever it takes me, it takes me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, and living that way from that process has its own effect. It, sh- it shifts it shifts a lot in perspectives and priorities and feelings. It does a lot. hundred percent. Like if we're aware of what we're doing and we're mm-hmm. doing it from a value place for ourselves, we're fully engaged in our life. We're not trying to escape it. We're not trying to um, deny it. We're not trying to avoid it. We're not trying to mm-hmm. do any of those things. We are fully in it and whatever happens, happens, but we're out of time. <laughs> we are out of time. That's a really good way to put the put the exclamation point on that. So thanks, Tawny. That was really good. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. And thank you for listening to this episode of Breaking Up with RBS. Remember, if you missed any of this episode or any other ones, you can get this as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for subscribing, reviewing, sharing with your friends, your family, your social networks, anybody who you think would benefit from taking a look at these stories and getting underneath them. We will be back next week with another story. And next week's story goes something like this. I shouldn't have to explain that. So I know that's one that we've encountered before. So until then, I am JDK Winnikin. And I'm Tawny Santabria. See y'all later. Stop it now, I'm leaving. Yeah. I don't think he felt anything after the crash. Who's that, Janio?